Welcome to the Bruce Siski Show. Follow the Bruce Siski Show on Twitter to interact anytime. Got something on your mind? You can text Bruce during the show by using the short code 84454. You're listening to the Bruce Siski Show on 610 and FM 103.9 KDAL. 10-12, it's a Monday. Hope you had a good weekend. 23rd day of October, 2023. Bruce Siski Show on KDAL. Lots to recap. Busy weekend. We'll get to all that. As always, on Mondays, coming off Bulldog football game, we talk to the voice of the Bulldogs. We'll do that right now. Jeff Papis, good morning, sir. Good morning to you. Uh, congratulations on your beloved Gophers getting the big bronze pig back. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I am an alum, but uh, let's put it that way. It hasn't been all that fun since, say, like 1962. <laughs> so no. it was the last time they played in the Rose Bowl was 62. Yeah, and I don't think that'll be happening this year either. I'm just, uh, mm, I'm I just saying, it. yeah. I doubt it. Uh, but that said, you know, you, you, held a, you, you held a college football team to 12 yards of offense in the second half. I mean, yes, yes, it's Iowa, but you know, I, I, it's still a college football team. And that's, that's that's a heck of a defensive effort, and – you know, got a uh, got a little bit of a bounce to go their way in the last couple minutes there of the game. Took advantage of it, which is what you have to do. Sure you do. And then when a guy singles fair catch and runs with the ball, I think it's against the rules. Yeah, I I still don't think that's. I mean, I I don't know. I I look at <laughs> here's how. I, first off, I have no I have no love for either of these programs. By the way, um, yes. Anybody wants to laugh at Iowa, I'm fine with that. Um, but I I just I look at it. A fair, a fair catch is the hand over your head. I've I've. I can't sit here and say that I've ever paid enough attention to football, I guess, to, to, to think that a fair catch signal is throwing your arm out from your waist. I I don't know. I, I, I thought that was kind of lame, but whatever. I, if, if that's the rule, that's the rule, and, and he's got to – the returner's got to know that as much as anybody. He does. you got to be you know aware of uh, not only where you are on the field, but what your body is doing yep. at the time that you, yep. uh, that you uh, make a catch. It's yep. just how it is. It certainly wasn't a natural thing he was doing. I will admit that. It no. just, I didn't think it was a fair catch signal. I'm, like, I'm watching on my tablet. We're getting ready for the game in Bemidji. I'm like, well, that's not – what are they looking at here? Because he didn't step out of bounds, and they start showing the – the, the the arms I'm like that's not a fair catch signal and then I look down I'm like oh the score has changed back so they must have overturned the touchdown so I'm like oh whatever that could be worse you could be a Colts fan watching there oh I didn't yesterday yeah it's just um, yeah Cleveland yeah that that yep. yeah that was handed to them on a silver platter they couldn't take advantage it, of it that's for sure it was yeah it was uh, Saturday up in Minot um it, it wasn't snowing I guess right. No, it was a nice day. Yeah, very nice day. Um, a lot of a lot of radiant heat in my uh, little press area. <laughs> but other than that, uh, hey. you know, it was a very nice day for football and a good day to win. So, so they did. I wish you could bottle that heat up for the next time you go out there. And it's thirty-five degrees and sideways snow. I'll take it Saturday, as it appears as though uh, our our weather for the home game is not going to be all that great. Yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't look right. good. I was, I was saying, I thought about going, and then I looked at the forecast, like, you know what, I'm just going to go ahead and hang out on the couch. I'll head down here and call the hockey game later, I think. That works. I, I'm not going to, uh, I, you know, I, it's, it's, I don't like being cold anymore. I just, <laughs> it's oh, one of those things. Tell me about it. Yeah. Uh Taking care of business, right? Like, like these games, I talked to Trey Dill last week, and and you know the the mantra is always. Well, first off, did you get traded back to the defensive bus? I drove myself last week, actually. That's crazy. Well, it is, 
but uh, just the vagaries of the schedule are such that, uh, not to get too deep into it, the bus left Duluth on Friday at 6.45 in the morning. Oh! And Man. as such, when, uh, when, when you live south, uh, oh. I would have had to have been up that's at probably 3.30, 3, 3 4 o'clock in the morning in order to be able to make the bus. Oh, that's gross. And then afterwards, the ETA after the game was 1 a.m. in Duluth which would be in another two-hour drive starting at 1 o'clock in the morning. Oh, uh, wow. So it was easier It was easier for me, believe it or not, to drive the 507 miles one way and then turn around and drive the 507 miles back afterwards. Whew. All right. Yeah. Well, sometimes we do crazy things because of the- Sometimes we do crazy things. Yeah. Yeah, but I, but I did get home you know, at a reasonable hour, which was nice. But, uh, yeah, a lot of driving, a lot of windshield time. Yeah. Um, so, would you have been traded back to the defensive bus? Do you not even know the answer to that? I don't even know the answer to that. So, I mean, <laughs> there's only one more road game left, and that's Mankato. Yeah. I'm assuming that superstition is going to be uh, in play there in a pretty heavy and profound way. Yeah. But uh, we'll see. Anyway, back to the conversation with Trey Dill. The, the mantra has yeah. always been one and zero every week. And I say, does this, you know, when you get into a, a situation like this, we all know. When you're playing in, you know, Minot State, that, that you're not facing Minnesota State, Mankato, you're not facing Bemidji, you're not even facing Winona State, you're facing Minot State, and it, does this help you in terms of of the the message being we just have this one game we have to win. We're not worried about Bemidji. We're not worried about Mankato right now. We got to just take care of our business this weekend, and and then we'll take care of next weekend's business next weekend. And he said, yeah, he, he does think it helps, and it sure looked like it helped. It did. I asked Kurt the same question in the pregame interview and basically said, well, you know what, if we don't think that, we don't deserve to be in the playoffs. And he's right. Uh, you, you you play the game that's in front of you, and you you devote your energy to that game. Yes, it was against a team that has uh, only scored more than 10 points against UMD twice in the entire series history between these teams. Most of their touchdowns tend to come on special teams, which is annoying. <laughs> if you're a special teams person, but that's just how it is, and there's just been such a disparity. I mean, they had they had some injuries. They also had two freshman quarterbacks that they were playing uh, quarterbacks, and uh, and they weren't going to solve that defensive front. Not uh, you know they could have played until Tuesday and would never have scored. They didn't want to play inside UMD's 30 yard line the whole day, and uh, so that but that's the game that's in front of you, and that's the one that you have to win. And uh, I thought the players did a very nice job in staying focused and uh, and just be patient, wearing them down, grinding them down, and and coming up with a win. Uh, Trey pointed out, and I, I was not aware of this at the time, but uh, you know, and Minot runs for those that don't know, they've they've switched up. They run the triple option now, and I know they've got some injuries at the quarterback position, but this is a team that ran for 274 yards on Minnesota State Mankato. So yes. th- this is not like like and I and I I likened it when I talked to Trey I likened it to to when the baseball team has to face the knuckleball pitcher and it takes a week for the guys to get their swing back to normal after that because they just face the knuckleball pitcher and they never see those well a defense you never see a triple option it's a whole different week of preparation for that and Minot State ran for thirty eight yards on thirty eight attempts on Saturday. <laughs> They did. It did. Their uh, their their triple option was one yard to the left, one yard to the right, <laughs> one yard up the middle. That was their triple option. Uh, I just thought they played a terrific job. They did a terrific job with that. And of course, the main thing is you got to you have to play sideline to sideline against that defense, or against that kind of an alignment rather, uh, because they're going to try and string you out. And UMD's speed, I think, really uh, really helped.
help bottle them up. Um, they just did a super nice job of getting plays strung out to the sideline, and there was just no place for them to go. And uh, they weren't going to be able to throw downfield uh, with, the, with the situation that they had. They tried a couple of times, uh, and they weren't close, really, any time that they did try it. But uh, that was their bread and butter, and UMD was very well suited to play them. And and result was kind of a train wreck offensively for, for Minot. Uh, their yardage by game on the ground uh, heading into Saturday, 184, 171, 274, 156, 212, 71, 258, and then last week, 38. So it just tells you mm-hmm. uh, the uh, 71, by the way, came. That was against Northern State on October 7th. So uh, mm-hmm. this defensively, and we've said this, Jeff, this is a UMV team that appears to be getting dialed in defensively and, yeah. and, and doing a much better job as of late. Yes, very physical, very uh, very fast. They, uh, they play, you know, they flow to the ball very, very well. You know, the old John Steers defensive theory, and they make the play go to the unblocked player. And, and they've done a super job uh, over the last few weeks. They should have had a shutout again Saturday, which would have been their third of the year. Uh, they, can be, they can be very hard to move the football against. And I think uh, they're going to get tested on that this, this weekend, of course. But uh, the defense plays the way it can. I just I like this team when the, when the defense is, is uh, playing well. Talking Bulldog football with Jeff Papis, and we haven't spent a lot of time in our conversations this year previewing upcoming games because it, there, there's you know there've been a couple of these that we we thought well these are games that UMD should win well we're not so sure this time uh, Bemidji State is the opponent this weekend and it's a Beavers team that they can move the ball with you know in a lot of different ways against a lot of different types of defenses this is a test for UMD really on both sides of the ball this weekend. It is. I think UMD is going to have to throw the ball this week, or have to be able to throw the ball this week. Um, Bemidji State is not a team, I don't think, that you can line up and, and say we're going to get two bills on you, although UMD is going to be able to run the ball. They always will. But uh, they're going to have to be able to find options downfield. I didn't see in the first half, unless this was a function of the play call, I didn't see a lot of separation um, from uh, from wide receivers. The end result was was uh, was Kyle having to throw either on a run or out of bounds or throwing the ball away or things of that nature just to, in the interest of game management. I don't, They're in a stretch of their schedule now when they have Bemidji and they have Mankato coming up in two weeks that uh, they're not going to be able to do that and move the ball effectively. They're going to need to be able to find ways to get people open and uh, and maybe throw some people open from time to time uh, and hit some tight windows. And it's it'll be interesting to see how they do that. If they're able to do that, then they will be a playoff team and they will deserve to be. Uh, uh, Brandon Alt, who is in his 17th season at Bemidji State. Uh, <laughs> well, am I wrong? I mean, come on. The, the, he's well, got to have, have a, he's gotta have a doctorate by now, right? I think, well, he's uh, more than one. More <laughs> than likely. You know, he's a uh, doctor, doctor. So... Well. Yeah, but he's a fine quarterback, no yeah. doubt about it. He's just meant to uh, to use every single ounce of his eligibility at uh, at Bemidji State. So. And you know what? More power to him. I we, we talked to Greg Kane last week, and you know sometimes you the athlete has a plan. They're four years and they're done. You know what? Play the sport as long as you can play the sport. If, if they're gonna if, if they can keep bringing you in, keep going. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> how old is he now? going to be in his, 36 in his yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. he's got to be 25 by now, right uh, yeah then uh 
So you're playing against younger players. You're in a, you've been in an offense that uh, you now wear like a second skin. That's, uh, that's that there has to be advantage to that, and and it's shown. But Mitchie's been ranked as high as ninth in the uh, in the polls, and uh, you know they're they're a very good football team. It's going to be a test, uh, a playoff test certainly for for UMD. So if you don't mind a little bit of cold weather. You know, I'm something to come out and watch. Uh, 25 years old as of September 19th, by the way, Brandon Alt. Thank you. So I just happen to be able to look that up here. Uh, this is a, I mean, you know, you know, we talk about playoffs, and again, the the, the coaching staff is going to be very careful and, and very measured with their words. And, and we're, we're on Bemidji here. That's all that we're worried about. Augustana took care of Minnesota State Mankato on Saturday, which means. Uh, 28-10, by the way, which means that Augie is the only unbeaten left in the conference, and UMD does not play Augustana this season. There are three teams that have one loss. Those are UMD, Minnesota State, and Bemidji State. They're all 6-1 in the Northern Sun. Bemidji is only 6-1 overall because, as we've talked about before, they've opted not to play a non-conference game this year, and UMD and Minnesota State both took care of their non-conference games. They are 7-1 overall. Uh, would I be wrong to label this a playoff eliminator on Saturday? Uh, very possibly. Very possibly. Uh, and the uh, the... You know, Augustana's got a tough game this week too. In fact, their last their last three games are mm-hmm. uh, are not, and they close with Bemidji, so it's not over. There's all kinds of things to prepare, but a second loss at this point, especially when you're dealing with super region rankings coming up, where you have other conferences involved, is really going to be hard to overcome. Um, and it would then be a question of who you lost to. So you know, Wayne is it's not a good loss. It's also not a horrible loss, but at the same time. The other teams that are in the top five, they've just been beating each other. And, and so those are better quality losses than uh, than the Bulldogs would have at this point. So I would say that if they don't win on Saturday, it's going to be a very, very steep climb uh, to the playoffs. But, again, not hopeless because they do have the Mavericks in the, in the uh, last game of the season. But it's a big, big ball game Saturday, no question about it. Yeah, Wayne lost to Northern Saturday in Aberdeen, and that uh, – that- from, from in terms of of hurting UMD, that that does not help UMD. Northern State's no. a four and four team to beat Wayne State on Saturday. Not great news for the Bulldogs. You you can handle them losing to Mankato and Bemidji as they already have, but losing to Northern State's a killer. No, that's not good, and uh, that will drag UMD's uh, down without without doubt. Well, we. So. We will see later today the first Division II Super Region rankings should be out later this afternoon, and we'll get our first look. And I think the first time they go through, it's just the uh, the teams under consideration or whatever. I don't think they actually rank the teams in the first regional ranking. So uh, we'll get it, it, we'll see who's on the list, and, and we can kind of parse it from there uh, once that happens. But uh, Jeff's going to be at Miloski Stadium Saturday. We hope you are as well. 11.30 pregame, noon kickoff. You can't make it out. Uh, here on KDAL. Thanks as always, sir. We'll talk next Monday, hopefully with good news. Roger, roger. All right. Thank you, man. Jeff Papis, voice of Bulldog football here on KDAL. This is a big one Saturday. This is huge, and uh, we're looking forward to previewing that this week. We'll do that here on the radio show. And, uh, yeah, we're down to it now. This is is where these games get really significant. It's a lot of fun this time of year. 10-27. More to come. Got a big announcement. We'll get to that. Recap the weekend. There was a lot to get to. Bruce Siski show on KDAL. This is the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Krim. We'll talk Minnesota football 
after this. At Western National, nice is more than just a word. It's a movement. Nice is there when you call. Nice is sincere. At Western National, nice is the foundation of how we serve every customer, whether it's for your home, auto, or business. And don't we all deserve a little more nice in our lives? Ask your independent agent today for Western National Insurance and experience the power of nice. Minnesota beat Iowa in Iowa City on Saturday 12-10 to to win Floyd of Rosedale for the first time since 2014. Gophers senior safety Tyler Newman talked to Justin Gard on the Kinnick Stadium turf right after the game. Did you get a look at Floyd of Rosedale? What's yeah, yeah, it look I'm, like? I'm going to go look later. Bro, there's so many emotions right now, bro. I'll be lying if I said this game wasn't one of the main reasons why I came back. It's so special, bro. It's so special. Just look, just look at it. Just look at it, man. Something that hasn't been done in a long time. We haven't won here in a long time. And this is all. This is all I wanted today. This is all I wanted today, man. How were you able to get it done today, having to fight through so many different things, self-inflicted and otherwise, to battle through and get it done? Boys, man. Are, uh, the main word of the year is poise, and that's exactly what we had today. That's exactly what we had today. Offense. Defense, Special teams, we just kept coming, kept fighting, bro. That's it. I got to get in this picture. I'm sorry. It's a picture. They're taking a picture now right at midfield. And what a great picture it was. That's Justin Gard and Tyler Newman from Iowa City on Saturday. Minnesota improved to 4-3 and three on the season and will host Michigan State this Saturday at Huntington Bank Stadium with a 2.30 kickoff. That's the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Grimm. Listen on your Echo device. Just say something like this. Alexa, play KDAL radio. All right, Monday morning. We have a lot to recap from the weekend, including some history. Some more craziness for the UMB men's hockey team. And in that Packers offense, we'll take a brief look at the Monday night game tonight with the Vikings and 49ers. And got some news to deliver. That I think some fans out there will like to hear. All that to come. Bruce Siski Show continues at 1034 after the news. The Bruce Siski Show. Mr. Tyson would like to know why is this tiger in your bathroom? Hold on, hold on. That was completely unnecessary. I, I, I'm a huge fan. Would you knock down Holmes? That Explain. Was... On 610 and FM 103.9 ADAL. 10.39, Monday morning. Later on this week, I am taping today with UMD women's hockey head coach Maura Kroll. You'll hear that conversation on Wednesday of this week. Uh, also later on this week, UMD men's hockey assistant coach Cody Chupp, UMD quarterback Kyle Walljasper, and we we're taping that Wednesday morning. You'll hear it at some point this week as well. Cornell hockey coach Mike Schaefer uh, will join us this week as we get ready for UMD versus Cornell this weekend. And we'll talk some Wolves as well because we have an announcement. And that is that the Wolves are back. Uh, it took a little while, maybe a little longer than we wanted it to. But we have the Timberwolves finally secured. And we can tell you about it. We'll have 60-plus Timberwolves games. I, I don't I don't have the exact number right now for a number of different reasons. 
uh, because of uh, programming conflicts and such, but we will be carrying in the area of 60 games. I'm hoping to do a few more than that, but uh, that's the baseline number I'm going to go with here on KDAL. Some games will air over on the game, AM 710, WDSM, but uh, we'll have all the games for you. Uh, throughout the campaign, uh, if you can't, if we got a Wolves game that isn't airing on the radio, for example, I know Saturday the home opener will not be here on KDAL uh, or on AM seven ten. So you can always stream those games uh, via iHeartRadio. Search out the Timberwolves there; they got a whole new setup on iHeartRadio. You can uh, check out on that app. Uh, that'll be free. But uh, we'll have the Wolves here on KDAL and AM seven ten this season. Uh, again, sixty plus games. Alan Horton on the call, just like it's always been. Our first broadcast is the season opener Wednesday night against the Toronto Raptors. Our coverage at 6.15, opening tip-off, about 6.30, 15-minute pregame shows this year for Wolves basketball on Katie Allen again over on AM710. Very excited to bring that to you in 2023-24. Uh, other things, it's been just an absolutely weird college football season, and we saw it again, you know, this Iowa team that somehow beat Wisconsin last week. But they're, and they're favored to beat the Gophers on Saturday, but the over-under was like 30-and-a-half because the odds makers were well aware that you're looking at a couple of teams that struggle to move the football and make a lot of plays and score a lot of points. These are two teams that have good defenses. They're not great offenses, and they showed that on Saturday because they absolutely hit the under, which was already really low at like 30-and-a-half. Gophers have a 12-10 lead in the fourth quarter. Iowa thinks that they've housed the punt to take the lead. After the Gophers had some play-calling misadventures, it was just a weird sequence of, of events. Iowa had like four and a half. No, it was less than four and a half. It was like 250 left or so in regulation time. And Iowa's got a fourth down and 10 at its 45-yard line. They choose to punt. I'm like, what are you doing? Your defense has been playing great football all day. And you're going to punt knowing that if the Gophers get one first down, you're toast. But that's the Kirk Ferentz way, right? But the Gophers on second down, they can't help themselves. They try a passing play. Ethan Calig-Manis misses the target. He's probably lucky it wasn't intercepted. They only force Iowa to use a couple of their timeouts. They punt the football back to Iowa. Iowa, the Cooper Dijon, the, the, the great kick returner, he thinks he houses one, and they go back and look at it, and they decide that he actually signaled invalid uh, fair catch signal, which nullifies the punt return. They get the ball at the spot where he caught it. Some controversy there, but ultimately I think that they, based on the rule, which I, I think is dumb, but whatever, they got it right. Well, then two plays later this happened. Third and 19 from their own 39. Deacon Hill to throw again. Three-man rush, eight in coverage. Wings it near side. It's intercepted Wally. There you go, Justin Wally. Catches it to 43. Minnesota will take over. And that was it. Mike Grimm, Gopher Radio Network. The Gophers get the pig floyd of rosedale the traveling trophy these teams have played for since the dawn of time basically is back of the gophers possession they win at iowa for the first time since 1999 final score was 12 to 10 you, you take it any way you can get it michigan state this weekend over on fm 98.1 for gopher football on saturday uh, also this weekend 
Uh, the Packers, the offense is a mess. Just a mess. And, and I know the easy snap thing to do is to blame the quarterback, and Jordan Love has not been good. It, it, it does appear the Packers string of Hall of Fame quarterbacks is going to come to an end with this guy. But it's not just a Jordan Love is bad story. The offensive line is bad. The running game is bad. It's not consistent, certainly. It had a decent day yesterday, but not nearly good enough. They're not explosive enough in the ground game. And it feels like there are some times that the quarterback and the head coach are not exactly in sync on what they should be doing in a given situation. That's a problem as well. So there's a lot of things right now working against the Packers besides Jordan Love, but he is a, he, it's a problem. It's an issue, and they got to figure this thing out. They're 2-4 and four after yesterday's loss. The Vikings play tonight. That's a 7-15 start against San Francisco. There's a lot to watch with this game. First off, the inactive list before the game is going to be worth watching. We don't know if Christian McCaffrey is going to play for San Francisco. We don't know if Trent Williams, the, the all-pro left tackle, is going to play for San Francisco. Those are game changers if they're not out there for the 49ers tonight. But the other part of this is, you know, can the Vikings, are they good enough to win this game even if those guys are playing in a possibly limited capacity for San Francisco? And I think the answer is yes. The Vikings have been good enough to win every game they've played this year until they've shot themselves in the foot. If the Vikings are on the right side of the turnover margin tonight, I don't care who's playing for San Francisco, the Vikings have a shot. Now, are they going to win? No idea. I, I Not a clue. If I had a bet on this game, I wouldn't. Because there's just no way to tell. Um I, I think I think the Vikings can compete in this game, and, and they'll, they'll, as they almost always seem to, give themselves a chance to win. And we'll see if they can actually pull it off this time. If they don't, it's the first 0-4 home start in the history of the franchise, which is pretty incredible to think about. Uh, Bulldog men, a ho-hum 4-0 win over Bemidji on Friday night, a game that did not require any overtime, any shootouts, did not feature 9,000 penalties. Instead, it was like 13 Still too many, but not 9,000. Then they go into Bemidji Saturday, get behind 2-0 on a couple of Bemidji State power play goals in the first period, a power play that was 1-18 for for the season going in. But the Bulldogs battle back. Riley Bodner Chuck's first career goal is followed up by Ben Steves 99 seconds later on a power play to tie the game at 2. And then UMD takes the lead for the first time in period number 3. Steves back toward the front, comes all the way out to Bast at the right point. Steve's around the right circle. Back up top it comes. Bodner Chuck to the front. They score! Kyle Bettens finds a loose change. UMD in front for the first time. Bettens is second of the year. Bodner Chuck's first career two-point uh, two game. And UMD's in front 3-2. A couple of minutes later, the Bulldogs were awarded a penalty shot for the first time since 2019. A Bemidji defender who was not the goaltender covered the puck in the goal crease right in front of the official. He couldn't miss it, and therefore he had to make the call. And I'm pretty confident the rule is, I didn't look it up, I know I should have, but I didn't, uh, that a player who was on the ice at the time of the infraction has to take the penalty shot, and that choice for UMD was Quinn Olson. Chance to add to the lead for UMD. Olson, a left-hand shot, goes to his right, back toward the middle. Olson scores! Quinn Olson on the penalty shot! UMD leads it 4-2! to two. That was uh, Quinn Olson's first goal of the season, by the way. Great time for it. Bemidji pushed back. I thought Saturday it was UMD's best game of the season, five-on-five five until the last five or six minutes of the third period. Uh, they got a guy loose 
Uh, about six minutes left to make it a 4-3 game. Just a bad coverage. And then they tie the game off a Bulldog turnover on a faceoff with the extra attacker on just inside or just outside of two minutes to go in regulation time. But the Bulldogs walked them off. Stops up near the top of the left circle and turns the puck over to Spicer. Spicer chases after it to the Bemidji line. He's got Loaf leaning on him. Spicer walks it. Score! Oh, what a play! Cole Spicer! It's a walk-off win for the sweep! Five to four in overtime! Wow, what a play by Spicer. Uh, just incredible. He had Kyle Loaf, who is not a small defenseman, leaning on him pretty much the entire way down the ice after the turnover at the blue line. And Spicer just kept going. That's the youngest guy on the team, by the way, 19 years old. Uh, Bulldogs 3-0-2. and two. After that 5-4 overtime win, they'll take on Cornell this weekend. 5-30 pregames Friday and Saturday here on KDAL as the Bulldogs head to Ithaca, New York for the weekend. Uh, we'll uh, get Colton St. Clair with us this week as well, head coach of the Wilderness. As for the uh, first time in a while here, they've won eight in a row. Nine-game unbeaten streak is one off the franchise record. They beat the Chippewa Steel 4-0 Friday at home, then 4-3 on the road Saturday. And they'll have sole possession of first place in the Midwest Division. Their reward is two more games against the Chippewa Steel this weekend on the road on Friday. And then they are back uh, in uh, back home on Saturday. But the home game is being played in Virginia Saturday uh, at the Iron Trail Motors Event Center in Virginia Saturday. So I'll be aware of that. But uh, the Wilderness are – they've caught fire here under a first-year head coach. And we'll talk to Colton St. Clair at some point this week at the low run on that. If you are looking for high school pairings, we've got everything volleyball, soccer, and football that's coming up this week between now and Friday. It's all listed right now at kdal610.com. Just jump on the website. You'll hit the news section, and then you'll see a, a place called Local Sports. You'll see a prep scores playoff update. that has got today's date on it. Click on that. I've got everything listed there including all of the football pairings for area teams for round number one tomorrow night. It's here already. 10.50, wrap it up in a moment on a Monday morning. Bruce Siski show on KDAL. Dave Ramsey. Pretty easy. Afternoons on KDAL. 10.59, as we wrap things up on this Monday morning, UMV men's hockey assistant Cody Chupp with us tomorrow. We'll see if we get a uh, Wolves preview as well here this week. Wolves open Wednesday at Toronto, 6-15 pregame Wednesday here on KDAL. That's on the radio show tomorrow. Brad Bennett is up next. Sound off after CBS News. Have a great day. Thank you for listening, everyone. This has been the Bruce Siski Show. Hit us up on Twitter at Bruce Siski Show and let us know what you think. No, yes, no, well. No, I, I crossed my mind. Visit KDAL610.com to podcast today's show anytime. What'd you say? Listen to shows on demand and download for free. You can also subscribe via Spotify or your favorite podcast app. This has been the Bruce Siski Show. CBS News is up next. For more than 80 years, KDAL 103.9, W28FBFM, and 610 KDAL, Delusive Superior, a Midwest communication station. KDAL.